This is Jody Audio back at y'all with another podcast. And I just want to say a huge thank you. And I love saying thank you and showing gratitude to all my supporters and all my listeners. No matter how big or how small, even if you don't even listen to a full episode, your click and your interest is good enough for me. I'm humbled with just that. The fact that even if you were not entertained, you click my page anyway. Just want to dedicate the first 30 seconds of this podcast to you all. Thank you. Now, um, <laughs> every now and then, I like to do a little story time. You know, I don't want to bore my audience with a whole bunch of informative blah, 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 blah. I like to be messy, too, you know? So, this story time is about someone that is, one, no longer my friend. Her and her friend are no longer my friend. And this is a pretty interesting story to tell because it kind of foreshadows why uh, I'm real, like, mm, ah, one minute. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love you, the next. It's kind of like, bitches don't know if they like you or not. And it's just eventually, sorry, that energy does get contagious. And I'm just like, well, a bitch, I'm, whatever. I'm on whatever you want at this point. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. So I had a friend that I made in middle school. We're going to call her Sunflower. Sunflower was this pretty brown-skinned girl. And she was everything to me. Like, I literally, I had like a little friend crush on her. Like, she just, the chocolate skin. Even if she came to school in just a jacket, I just thought she was so beautiful. But, um, we... Became close. Um, We were actually friends on Throwback MySpace. (laughs) And um, she was on my top. She was on my top friends. Um, I wasn't on hers, of course. I never was. (laughs) But, um, yeah, she was beautiful to me. And I still think she's beautiful, but we will never be friends again. Um, As we got older, I started to become privy to her mood swings. Her mood swings were a little bit more intense than mine. And she would display, you know, kind of like a manic thing. Like, she would just get really angry and get aggressive and just at random. You know what I'm saying? Um, Once we got of age, she was diagnosed with something called schizophrenia. Um, I don't really know a lot about it, but I knew that my friend would have, like, days where she just would be really different. Um, She created alter egos. Um, She was a huge Lil Wayne fan. So I think one of her nicknames, last names, was uh, Carter. She would call herself a certain name, and then the last name was Carter. And so I thought that was cute. You know what I'm saying? Nicki Minaj was rising at the time, but her alter ego... Um, situation didn't really um, become huge until later on. Like, this was when she was just doing mixtape Barbie stuff. She hadn't really crossed over to mainstream. Do what you want with that information. Um, I became um, <laughs> I became aware of her uh, little, you know, she was a thief. The bitch was stealing her ass off at the store. Um, her and her friend would get the baby, uh, the baby stroller, and they would go inside of Walmart, 
and other stores, and these bitches would change clothes completely. And I would just stand there like, that's not what you had on. Like, I was so dumbfounded. Like, you came in in slides and shorts looking like you're about to go to sleep. And then you walk out looking like we finna hit the streets. And I'm like, okay, it's not what you had on. And then, you know, once I caught on, I kind of got a little distant because I'm not going down for a friend. I'm sorry. You can call me a rat. I like cheese. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll be a snake. That's fine. <laughs> Hiss. But, um, so I bought a shirt from the mall and they had, um, these cute little $10, $15, $20 shirts in the store called Spencer's. And I had got a, um, I think it was a Bob Molly shirt. I think it was a Bob Molly shirt. No, that was my Biggie and Pac shirt. Yeah, they put them both on one shirt. It was cute. It was, <laughs> this is the, the gag is the shirt was blue and red. Come on, y'all. But it was a cute shirt. It was $20. So I bought that. I let her, the friend, Hold it for me because I had left it. So I was like, just hold it. I'll get it later. So I wanted to wear it. Called her phone. I was like, hey, boo, can I get my shirt? She goes on an episode and just starts spazzing. Um, fuck you. Fuck this shirt. You're not about to keep harassing me for this ugly ass shirt. I'll leave this shit on the ground. Matter of fact, come outside. I'm going to leave it on the corner. And I'm like, I'm listening to her, but I'm like, okay. Mind you, she had asked me to fix her iPod. I fixed it, and it had been sitting. She forgot all about it. And I was like, I throw this fucking raggedy-ass iPod at the fucking wall, bitch. You know, I didn't say that to her. I was just kind of like, you know what? Because at this point, I'm numb to it. I was starting to get used to it. So, um, there came a time where she and her friend, um, Sunflower and her friend, were at the mall, and they got caught, and they had the baby. Hmm. And mall security pulled him in the little office or whatever, was asking them questions, you know, you know, you're on camera, da, 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 da. And then there was a question about if they had any clothes in the stroller that were stolen. They said yes. Then they turned around and said no, because here's the thing. At that time, I kept every receipt possible in the bag. Now, I keep it in my armrest and I throw it away. I prefer electronic um receipts like more like I can keep in my email because I'll never lose those. Whereas if I'm cleaning my car out, you know, I'm just, you know, send her her mail little way to Miss Trash Can. Um and so they went through the stroller, of course. Well not went through it, but they basically made them empty the stroller. And um my shirt was in the bag with the receipt. And it was in that that got them off the hook. I don't know what, why or how that shirt with the receipt got them off the hook. But it got them off the hook. So, Sunflower calls, but she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm like, what? What happened? She's like, they let us go, they let us go. I'm like, okay, what happened? She was like, oh, we got caught um, in a store. I won't say the name of it. We got caught in a store, and da, 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 and your shirt, and thank you, and I'm going to bring it to you. I'm like, oh, now you want to be nice about it. Hmm, okay. So, she brings it to me. Um, We kind of lost touch for a second. It was weird. Because she just kind of disappeared out of nowhere. Um, and so she one day hit me up and was like, can I have my iPod, please? And I'm like, sure. Okay. So 
And this was literally the last time we spoke and the last time she was my friend. So she came to my neighborhood, was walking down the street, and I'm holding it out. She snatches it, turns around, and keeps walking and went home. Now, mind you, friends, we do aggressive stuff to be funny. It's usually, you know, meant to entertain or make, you know what I'm saying, make you laugh. Um, with her in front of people, make them go, oh my gosh, that's so mean, da, da, da. you know, just for shock value. But this bitch meant this. Oh, she was loud with her disrespect. Absolutely. She took the iPod and walked off. And I didn't, haven't seen her since. That was 2000. I had to be about 16, 17. That had to be about 2011. And it was the last time I saw her. I deleted her number. I blocked her on social media. I blocked her from being able to contact me. I was done. Because it, after a while, the disrespect becomes a bit much. You know what I'm saying? It just becomes a bit much. And oftentimes with our friends, we literally let them make a bitch out of us. Like, your friend, nobody has you fucked up more than the people you love. I'm going to just be all the way real. Your enemy will never have you fucked up like your friends will. Because your friends know the most about you. Your enemies don't. The enemies hear hearsay. Sometimes they get fed information from your friends, but we ain't going there. But you have to establish boundaries with your friends. Otherwise, like you heard the saying, you give them a stick. No, that's not the saying. You give them a ruler and they'll take it from you, something like that. And it's like, that's so valid because we will literally allow people we care about because of the sake of the friendship and the comfort level. We will let them literally kill us dead and bury us as long as they give us a nice headstone or tombstone. And we'll, we'll just accept that. And that, that doesn't work. You have to put, honestly, if you love somebody, you have to put them in their place because that's the only way you're going to basically keep the bond. You know what I'm saying? And establish a true, um, unremovable respect. And that's what it all boils down to is respect. Like, be my friend, love me, yes. Be there for me, yes. But if you don't respect me, we don't really have much of a friendship. Aside from trust. You know what I'm saying? Of course, trust is huge. But it's so many disrespectful-ass friends. And I really have a lot of stories to share on this here podcast about some shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I, I don't know. I, sometimes you got to hold yourself accountable as well. You know what I'm saying? Not just everyone else around you. Sometimes you have to hold yourself accountable. Because sometimes you have you fucked up. If you know this person ain't shit and you keep giving them you, you deserve whatever happens. Because you don't have to keep going through the same cycles. You don't. That's a choice. Period. This is Dreddy Audio back at y'all with another podcast. And <laughs> I literally just wanted to come on here to say that I, in the last 12 months, cut off two major important people in my life. They were literally my best friends from middle school up until last year. Let that marinate. Add some salt. 
the seat. And so I literally, it was tough. One of them being, you know, my, my, my best friend, my male best friend, the one that I literally chose over another best friend. Um, he and I had a brotherly bond. We crossed a few boundaries here and there, but I'm just going to take y'all all the way back and don't judge me. I was 16. So I made a friend on Twitter. Um, our first conversation was interesting because he was trying to flirt. And I'm like, sis, it's not giving, it's not giving flirt. Um, but we ended up, you know, falling out. And then within like a couple months later, we fell in. Like his ex-boyfriend and I had a conversation. We weren't really dating, but we were communicating, you know. And he asked me a question on Twitter about me knowing his ex. And I was like, mm, unfortunately, you know, we exchanged phone numbers. I remember it was at Bojangles. That's where I was. And we were communicating. Um, I had to go to school that day, but I had one of those late arrivals. So I was going to school at 10, 1030. Um, but we communicated, we talked, um, a quick instant bond. We talked on the phone about that and we just stayed on the phone. And before I knew we were on the phone for years, <laughs> um, he lived in a different state. He's from my area, but he, um, lives in a different area. And, um, he was that friend that I literally felt like I was going to grow old with. The friend that I was going to keep around. And my kids was going to, you know what I'm saying, look up to. You know what I'm saying? I thought that's what that was going to be. Um, quickly, I realized it was not. Um, there was a situation where, back on this little app called Jacked. Yeah, my gays know what I'm talking about. I met a guy that he knew. Him and the guy weren't really working out. But I didn't know that the guy I was communicating with was the same guy. So me and the guy were chatting, communicating, blah, blah, blah. And he sends me a picture of himself. It wasn't a new. It was just a picture of him smiling. He's a football player. So, you know, I sent a picture to my friend. He's like, that's blankety blank. And I was like, oh, you know him. He's like, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll cut him off. You know, it wasn't a big deal. So I literally just ended up communicating with him on like a heavy heavy level and eventually um he came over to my house um we had an encounter and then he went back home called my friend like you know how we do girl da, 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 da. and he's hurt honestly he's he's really hurt he's on twitter talking about me like a dog i mean you're nicer to you know what i'm saying you're uh your exes who cheated on you than he was to me. You're way nicer. Like, he was dragging me. It just, wow. Can I get up? Can I stand? Um, He's like, no, bitch. Get back down there. So, um, long story short, we went through a little tit-for-tat episode where he was trying to talk to people I had talked to to try to get back at me, but it was backfiring. It was bad. Um, The friendship was literally off and on for a few years because... I just realized certain things in my life where every time we were cool, some shit happened when things were great, we weren't speaking. And literally, since we stopped speaking, my whole life has turned around. Like, literally. I'm so far elevated, happy, and positive than I was last year. Like, you have no idea. And um, I realized that certain friends can also harbor 
envy that never dies. Um, I never liked the feeling of a friend envying me because that makes me worried that by any means you'll try to tear me down. You'll never, you'll never be my cheerleader. You're always going to be my rival. You know what I'm saying? You'll always be on literally to my face. You'll be smiling like my friend, but literally when you turn around, you have the knife literally embedded in my back and I don't even realize it. You know what I'm saying? Everything you did to me or for me was literally riddled with intent to destroy me. I hated that feeling. People were trying to tell me, hey, Jerry, watch out for him. He's he's literally watching you. He's like a snake asleep. It wants to study you, but it wants to seem sleep. So you won't realize it's literally on your ass. It's the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling ever to feel like somebody you love so much, as much as I did him, literally can't stand you because of what you mean to others. That's not even a fair thing. It hurt. Long story short, we're no longer friends because I had to sever that tie. You know, the disrespect had reached a new low and he felt comfortable to tell me that he was sleeping with people from my past. Now, granted, in the gay world, things happen. You know, it's it's very big, but it's very small. And sometimes you'll hook up with somebody that literally was your friend's boo in kindergarten. Like, it's literally a big circle of, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, honestly speaking, when new gays enter the area, it's like new joy is dropping. It's like everybody's in line just waiting for their turn, waiting to get their product. You know what I'm saying? Seeing what it's like. And, um, but that was never the case for me. You know, it, it was, I made mistakes. You know what I'm saying? I, I did some things behind his back too. I'm no victim. But the thing was, I was allowing myself, I was lowering myself to maintain a friendship when all I was being was disrespected and discarded. That's all I, everything that I wanted in a friendship had died by that point. My other friend, she and I met in sixth grade. We literally met because I called her a fat bitch. Um, yeah, I was a sweetheart. Um, so yeah, I ended up meeting her again and school started, um, up again and we became best friends. She literally just called me her best friend out of nowhere. I was like, okay, that's my best friend. But now she, um... She had two sisters. They were all plus size. They were beautiful girls. They were nice. They were smart. Academically, won't won't nobody touching them. Um, And it just so happens that two of the three can actually sing. I thought that was really remarkable. Um, And I always cheered for her. Um, We're going to call her Notepad. Notepad and I were hip to hip from sixth grade to pretty much all the way through, you know, We had an episode where she decided that she wanted to um, expose our conversations to this guy she liked. And he wound up disrespecting and embarrassing her. Meanwhile, walking home one day, one of them decided to do my eyeshadow um, by a company called Fist. And um, he socked the fuck out of me because of her. Damn near broke my glasses. And all I could do was keep walking because, one, I was outnumbered. I know you'll think to yourself, you pussy. Yeah, I was. And um, <laughs> and I literally felt 
like the the punch hurt, but the friendship being so broken like it was, that hurt more. You know, my eye wasn't, it wasn't bruised, it wasn't bloody, it was sore, but nothing hurt longer than feeling like, okay, now I have to literally work alone. I have to walk home by myself, walk to school by myself, cold, right? I have nobody to talk to. And that's honestly when my love for music became so strong because I had to use music to cope with the loss of her. Like, literally, I was telling someone this morning, nothing hurts more than mourning somebody that's not dead. Literally grieving a friendship, grieving a, a bond, grieving with memories of a person that's literally walking around right beside you. It hurts. It literally put my mind in a space where I felt like I would never have these friends again. I would never have this again. You know, I loved, you know what I'm saying, her her singing. Oh, my God. Um, So I ended up, you know, walking to school solo. And then at one point, we ended up speaking again. We spoke. She was actually one of the first people I came out the closet to. I had a crush on one of our teachers. Mm-hmm. And so she, like I said, she was a big figure in my life, no pun intended. And um, we graduated. Um, I started driving. And so, you know what I'm saying? I would pick her up. I would pick her up, other friends up. I didn't really have money at the time. But my friend had my back. Or so I thought. Push kind of shove. Um, We have a little issue. And she literally backs up from me, starts ignoring me, and tells me that she feels like I'm using her for her money. Now, this was a conflicting thing to tell a person that literally has no job, but does not ask you for a damn thing. Um, Now, I would hit her up. We would go to the mall, spend time. I didn't need her to feed me. It was appreciated, but I didn't need her to feed me. I love the fact that she wanted to feed me because the bitch was hungry, but at the time... I was driving a van. That van took $60 regular gas. And I didn't have friends to put $20, $30, $40 in the, in the tank. I had to figure that out on my own. I'll borrow money from my mom. At the time, like I said, I wasn't my most independent self. I wasn't in my adult state. I was still young. And um, the fact that she felt the need to throw that in my face hurt. Because literally, you're telling somebody that literally wants to give you everything they have because you're their friend and they love you for you to turn around and tell them that they <laughs> you feel used. Girl, I saw them checks. You weren't making shit. Um, <laughs> but seriously, you know what I'm saying? I feel tried. I feel tested. You know what I'm saying? Like, I took you to the ATM. I saw them check stuff. Bitch, I hope. At least two of those checks didn't get spent. I hope you saved some of that money. It wasn't a lot. And then you're sitting up here talking about somebody used you. How the fuck is somebody going to use you when you don't have shit? You don't have a car. You're sleeping on a couch of one of your teachers. You know what I'm saying? I'm not knocking nobody living like that. But it's the fact that people take what little they have and they can't wait to take it and make it something that they want you to envy them for having. That's not the case. Like I said, I appreciated everything she did for me because that's what friends do. They do things for each other. They don't count favors. That's not a friend. I don't need nobody to go around telling everybody what they did for me or count anything they done for me. I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I can do every fucking thing I want to by myself. I've been doing it. Okay? So that kind of 
That made me sad. I, I literally could not sleep because she wouldn't answer the phone. And I really had to get some bones off my chest. We didn't talk for a while. Then one day out the blue, she, she DMs me while I'm at the gym. And she's like, I got stomped out. And I'm like, oh. So I'm on 10. Mind you, it had been a long time. I think it was like a year we hadn't spoke. She hit me up and she's like, yeah, I got stomped out. And she's telling me the sob ass story. Like, oh, I got stomped out. I was drunk. And um, this guy, he just stomped me out. And I'm like, bitch. Okay, so I go get her. We chilling. We talking. I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, get in her head and see how she's feeling. Because she had an episode where she had wound up on Suicide Watch. And I was really distraught about that because I knew nothing about it. And so when she finally confided in me what was going on and her drinking and, you know, so her dabbling in what she was dabbling in, I really felt like, okay, I need to be here. I need to be here for her because this is my friend. And um, I cried privately because I loved this person so much, but I'm afraid they don't love themselves the way that I do. And a person that doesn't love themselves the way you do is not going to appreciate or value themselves the way that you feel they should because they don't have that value in themselves. They don't feel what you see in themselves, which is a very empty battle, but you love them anyway. Unconditional love will surpass any insecurity. Trust me. If a person don't feel like they lovable, you love them harder. That's it. You know what I'm saying? You can't sit up here and beat positivity into a person that don't feel it. You can either you can either show it to them so they can physically see it and make them do things that make them happy so that they can feel it and express it and spread it, or you just love them. That's all you can do. Don't turn on them. Don't abandon them. They need that. If they don't have you, who the hell do they have? You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to be that beacon of light for her because I needed it too. And I thought as friends, we watered one another, but apparently... I was overwatering her. She wasn't watering me at all. I'm over here trying to make the grass green and help the flowers bloom. And you literally are setting fire to my rain. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to plant potatoes, you know what I'm saying, green beans. And you over here putting cockroaches, snakes, and frogs in my shit. Okay? It was hurtful. You know what I'm saying? She, she didn't value me the way I valued her. It hurt me. You know, so long story short, it came a point where I just started to feel replaced. I felt second place to every friend she had. I always came last. I, the saddest thing about it is I could call one of her friends and get them on the phone before I could get her on the phone. Then once I got them on the phone, I'll be like, have you spoke to, you know what I'm saying, such and such. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, we just got off the phone. Mind you, I've been calling this bitch all day. It's like, come on. You know. And it, it just, it drove me nuts. It drove me it fucking insane. It drove me insane. Because it's like, I'm over here trying to reach out. I'm concerned about your well-being often. You've got deaths in your family. You know what I'm saying? You're in between jobs. Your car just went out of commission. I'm concerned because I love you. I want to make sure you're okay every single day. You know, you being on suicide watch, man, I almost lost you. I don't want to deal with that or hear that. I don't want to hear rest in peace. I don't want to see a post with your picture saying, I'm so sorry we couldn't save you. I don't want that for her. I never have. So imagine my hurt and my distaste when you came at me like I used you. 
You know what I'm saying? It just, it, it hurts. You know what I'm saying? And I have best friends now whom I don't have to worry or look over my shoulder for. They're there. If they're not there physically, they're just a phone call or a text away, which is what it's supposed to be. I never had to question their loyalty. I never felt replaced. I never felt second. I always got respect from these two individuals. And that's what they mean so much to me. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a situation where your friend can be reached any time of day for any little thing, even if it's just to say, hey, bitch, are you alive? If you don't have that, you don't have that friend. You know what I'm saying? Somebody told me a couple years ago, that fake bitch, she said, sometimes I'm your friend. Sometimes you're mine. And I didn't, it didn't make sense. I'm like, what? She's like, sometimes I'm your friend and sometimes you're mine. And when you think about it, it literally sounds like you're saying the same thing twice. But literally what you're saying is, sometimes, sometimes, I'm there for you when you need me. Okay? And sometimes you're there for me when I need you. And I thought about it. I said, that's so valid. As fake as that bitch was. She, that was some solid ass advice. Sometimes it's a little bit more intense and complex. And literally, you're loyal to somebody that could give a fuck about you. That's the part that sucks. We love and we care. We concern ourselves with people that could give a shit if we ate today. I don't want that around me. And you don't, you don't deserve that either. You deserve somebody that if y'all don't talk for six months, 10 years, 25 plus, if you can't look at that person and say, bitch, I love you, or you you did something for me, or I did something for you that was so profound in my life, I will never forget you or our bond or our connection as long as I live. That kind of thing is something that you hold on to. If you can't call somebody after 25 days of speaking and know that they still care about you, that is not a fucking friend. I may not always answer my phone. I may not always reply to every text. But I love you. Even if it doesn't feel like... Even if it feels like I'm, you're chasing me down. Believe me, you're not. If I respond to you, if I hit you up, if I respond if you hit me up, you mean something. And I love you for that. Sometimes I forget. I'm so caught up in running around trying to maintain my mental health and my happiness and maintain my, you know, good head spaces while I'm at work and I'm at home and I'm out, you know what I'm saying, living my life. I love everybody. You know what I mean? And we see it as neglect when our friends don't reach out to us when we reach out to them. We see it as neglect. But it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't look at them and feel like, you know, we're losing out on a friend. Sometimes friends are growing. Sometimes friends are going through things that we can't see and don't know about. So we can't be so selfish in our feelings that we take everything they do or don't do to heart. Maybe your friend has a new number. Maybe she just don't want to fucking talk to you. You know what I mean? That's a human being, not obligated to a soul. It's called free choice. Yes, it's ideal. Yes, friendships, 50-50. But don't get so caught up in that you forget. They don't belong to you. 
They don't. But you love them. And their job is to love you back. Period. This is Jody Audio back at y'all with another podcast. And I literally, <laughs> this podcast is going to be short, to be honest. But I just literally want to know, now I'm talking like a Kardashian, why the fuck do y'all hate to make lefts? What is wrong with making a left? What's wrong with making a right? Why are y'all on the interstate? Let's talk about that. Where the hell are y'all going? Let's talk about it. Where you going? Why are you driving 50 in the fast lane? Um, you don't believe in signals. Um, I see your license plate says handicap. I got you. So, being at your handicap, why are you going 80 miles an hour on my ass coming down the interstate? I'm already doing 70, which is already over. But then you're humping the fuck out of my bumper. How? You know, I need dinner first. No, but seriously. Is it the niggas drives too aggressively or too slowly? And I, I don't have time for the in-between. I need to know where you at. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong. I just recently quit an old habit, which is riding up with people bumpers. Because people act like when the light is yellow, brake immediately. No, that's not what yellow means. Yellow means slow down or speed up, depending on your, your area. But... Y'all break immediately on yellow. We are five feet from the light. You are 12 from the line. Why are you breaking? What you breaking for? Okay. I'm paying attention in the road now. I pay attention. You know what I'm saying? We all are guilty of one thing. And that is texting and driving. Some people can do it. Some people can't. You shouldn't be doing it at all. But some people literally are so distracted by their phones, they miss green lights. They miss their turns. And then they try to hurry up and jump on the next exit, trying not to hit you and forgetting the signal. It it could all be so simple. So my seniors, some of y'all need y'all license revoked. I'm pretty sure 30 years ago, Grandma probably had, you know what I'm saying, some good driving skills. She paid attention to stop signs. Now she can give two shits. Okay? I've seen old people run stop signs. I've seen them sit at green lights. I've literally seen older folk (laughs) looking in the mirror, fixing makeup, getting it out their teeth. And I'm like, bitch, the light is solid green. Certain roads, I don't have time for that. Because the lights take too long to turn green. I've been sitting here so long, my grandkids just finished high school. Okay? I've been sitting here so long, the world has ended. And the only thing left is this light in us. And we're still sitting here behind this red light, turning green and turning gray again. Because your ass forgot how to put your foot on the gas. I'm not too... Far removed to get out of my car and pull your ass out Grand Theft Auto style. We train for moments like these. Okay? Woo-woo. And I've gotten so irritated and uncomfortable with people like that, I literally see violence. A bitch tried to be funny on the interstate the other day. Oh, yeah. It's like you can't 
you can't not talk shit back. It's because <laughs> I let a lot of drivers flick me off. I have because I think it's funny. But now you other bitches, see, no, y'all want to run your mouth. So what this bitch decided to do to try to get, first of all, you shouldn't be riding neck and neck and then getting behind somebody that's clearly in cahoots with you. But I'm going to tell you what she did to jump off this whole thing. So I'm trying to get through the tunnel. The bitch jumps in front of me, no signal, and breaks. That's dangerous, bitch. So I start screaming, you know what I'm saying? Um, Not exactly words from the Bible. At her. And so we get through the tunnel. And then she switches over and gets behind me. That's a big no-no. So what do I do? I slow my ass down. My boo goes, what you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just doing the speed limit. He's like, why are we slowing down? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I just want to drive safer. Bitch, I don't think I've ever driven 60 miles per hour before. I didn't even think my car drove that slow. It's either 35 or 65. Either or. So, <laughs> bitch behind me, I know she heated like fucking fish grease. I know she heated. And I'm just nodding out. You know what? Let me do 55. You know, just to be on the safe side of life. You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't want no more tickets. I can't afford no more tickets. DMV, y'all can suck it. I'm joking. It's my fault, you know. But this bitch literally was over here just popping shit. And I'm like, bitch, do you want to... F- Have you seen Mariah Carey Boy I Need You remix video? Did you not see that bitch get ran off the road? You didn't see that? Let's pull it up. But no, seriously, like, you playing on the interstate. I'm scared of this water, you know? So I'm going to slow my ass down to piss you off and sightsee, ho. Because she just did too much. Like, so then we finally got off the bridge. Her and her little nappy-headed ass uh, gross sisters in the back seat popping shit. And I'm like, bitch, do you want to pull over and find a gas station and get busy? You know what I'm saying? I know I don't wear a watch, but I have time. You know, and I just, yeah, I want whatever you want, you know, to my, um, 30 mile per hour and under people, get your asses in the right lane. Okay. I get that you're on tour and I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're getting out the house. COVID's a motherfucker. Get your ass in the right lane. Cause I can't do this. I can't do, I, I've listened to 17 songs just trying to get up the street. Literally, I'm trying to get to the corner. And I'm at this point, I'm about to pull out a book and read it, okay? Where's my Kindle? Let me see if I can find a Harry Potter book. Like, you on my nerves. Move. And then this shit that they do, they will stop the car completely to make a fucking right. Bitch. There's a car on Grand Theft Auto. I think it's like a tank. Anything the tank touches blows up. Boy, if I had a tank, y'all ass would be in danger. I would have this shit looking like July. Okay? It's 4th of July every time I come out this fucking driveway. Y'all bitches in danger. Okay? Move the fuck around. Because you're playing. You're playing too much. Okay? And then, <laughs> it'd be the bitches driving illegally for me. First of all, you in two lanes. And you beeping at me. Bitch, you're indecisive. Don't honk that horn no damn more. Honk it again, I'm going to snatch it out. You seen Kill Bill? Remember when she slashed the bitch eye out? I'm going to do that shit to your horn. Keep fucking with me. Okay? This whole car about to be horse. I'm taking the radio out, radio out too. Snatching that out too. 
and that fake ass grill. That's coming with me too. Okay? The grill, the radio, and the horn. Okay? Facebook Marketplace. $10 for everything. Fuck it. You know? Just get off the road, y'all. Just let me have the road. Oh, it's really just me being selfish. Get off the road.